This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. This one is explicit. Hello, Miss Jess. Hi, Elsie. Yay! We're in mid-May, and it's yes. Mother's Day just happened. I think Mother's Day just happened. How was your Mother's Day? Yes. <laughs> have just happened. Hopefully, my Mother's Day was wonderful. Yes. <laughs> There's something really lovely about batch producing and being ahead. Yeah. But at the same time, there's this time be, yeah. continuum of like things aren't really quite today, but yesterday, and we have to talk about them in different ways. And yeah. So, do you watch The Big Bang Theory? No, I do not. Remember? No a lot TV. Of times, oh, that's oh, I can't even. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> a lot of times on the show, they're physicists, so they're talking about like time-space continuums. And so sometimes they talk about like either other alternate universes or things that you know, that will have happened, but in the past, but only if something changes in the future. So it's like had, have, had, will happen. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of like, that's just like my Mother's Day, hopefully my Mother's Day will have had been great. Because <laughs> it's already the past, but we're talking about it in future tense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And same goes for me. So I am... I mean, I am, do you know what you're doing for Mother's Day? I want to have a day by myself. Like I oh my want God, to that, do... My birthday was the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh my God. Well, I wanted it for my birthday, but what happened on my birthday was there were a lot of things. Oh, I had work-related duties. I was so bummed. I had like one day that I could really leave oh. and I ended up having like something to do. So I was really bummed out by that. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo for me. But anyway, but I'm, I'm sure that I had a, a delightful time this time. <laughs> you will have had. I will have had had a delightful delight time. Yes, yes, absolutely. So ladies, we want to tell you right off the bat before we forget, we have an upcoming webinar coming up. An upcoming webinar. Did you hear that? Upcoming webinar coming up. Because As in not has up. already happened. Yes, but totally. Happy happening this week from when you're listening to the episode. Yes, absolutely. So that would be May 13th which is Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. 2015, May 13th, 2015. Absolutely. At 1 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. So May 13th, Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. And I have roped my um, beloved friend and cohort for the feed, the official Lipson podcast, and also VP of podcaster relations form Lipson, Rob Walsh, who did a presentation over at New Media Expo, which was titled, All That Marketing for Your Podcast is BS. And it was incredibly well attended. The session ended up going, I think, over 45 minutes than the allotted time slot. Nobody left the room. Everybody was riveted. And it really is about 
the, showing you exactly the stats that are out there that possibly go against all the marketing BS that you hear yeah, out there. Yeah. So he's just going to come on and chat with us. Well, his presentation, uh, he sent it to me. It's very thorough uh, and it's really full of lots of stats. So if you want backup information to anything that you want or would like to make sure that you're making the best uh, steps. Uh, he's got all the stuff. One of them that has to do with video podcasting, which is really interesting, but I'm going to let you ladies sign up. So you're going to have to go to shepodcast.com slash BS marketing, one word, shepodcast.com slash BS marketing, and you can sign up. And yes, you will get the recording if you can't make it. So get your bums It's really up. important that you listen to this because you guys need to know where they're telling us wrong information, misinformation, information that doesn't apply, myths, you know, stuff that everyone seems to think they know all the time. And it really does affect like how you market your show and how you're reaching out to your show. So Rob has the skinny. He's got the great. skinny. Yes. And and it's really interesting because he doesn't really, he's not, uh, well, he's, he's, a, he's a VP of podcaster relations. Like he does a lot of work individually with podcasters. He runs Lipson Pro, which is the pro level of, of Lipson, which is uh, the, the, a hosting platform. We host a ton of podcasts. And so he, he really deals with the pro level a lot. And he does a lot of outreach, meaning he goes on a lot of shows. But he doesn't have like a platform, meaning a big blog or a big podcast that's really famous. He's not a marketing guy himself. So you know, those are things that uh, he doesn't necessarily know how to like milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, so he's unbiased. So he's, yeah, <laughs> totally. So he's just going to bring <laughs> you the stats and he's got quite a, a bit of personality as well. So you guys will yes. get the skinny. He's great. So yeah, I wanted to let you know himself. about that. And then, so now, you know, since in the last episode, we didn't really address this at all because obviously we hadn't released the dudes episode when we recorded. So what did you think of all of the responses we got to, to the dude, uh, podcast, you know, allowing men to come into the she podcasts, Facebook group. I mean, pretty overwhelmingly anti let the dude in, which I'm not surprised because I sort of feel that way as well that, you know, and most people said, Hey man, I joined this group because there's no dudes, like don't let in the dudes. And I agree on some level that, you know, that's why I started this is because there were no dudes. And I'm glad to hear that's why people have joined. But um, I don't know if I, we ever got a specific solution as to what to do with the dudes. But again, maybe we don't have to do anything with them. Yeah, I think that what I'm leaning towards, and I think after we launch Podcasting School for Women, after we have that gone in, you know, not gone, but, you know, running, uh, I, I feel that I'm going to start doing a little bit more work in Twitter and seeing if we can get at least a conversation hashtag wise or possibly testing out having Twitter chats, uh-huh. uh, you know, something like that, because Google Plus is going away. It's dying. Yeah. And so finally, so that's five years later, as of, as of the groups that are in Google plus, uh, there is no information about what's happening, but it really seems kind of lame for us to invest in Google plus right now when it's dying. You know, so, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I also don't think there's enough dudes for it to warrant all this. Right. Hubbub. No. I mean, like even on Twitter, I bet you it will be mostly women 
because I think, you know, because dudes still feel like, I listen, don't tell anyone. Like, I'm a big fan, don't tell. I don't know that they would even want to participate. I mean, we're assuming they want to just because John said he wanted to. Right, That right. doesn't mean they do want to. Yeah. I mean, it, but, yeah. But there's also the, I, I think there's the voyeuristic quality as well because the conversation, nobody can see the conversation other than the women, you know. And I know that I've been part of a lot of communities where I do a lot of lurking. I, I do a lot of lurking in a lot of groups. I read. I don't comment. I just don't either don't have the time or I don't feel like I need to. But I do either I learn. I absolutely learn from lurking. So uh-huh. maybe that's something that can happen as well. And and it's and I think one of the biggest things that and, and actually Beckett um, from History Chicks brought that to light as well. And it, it's true. She was like, I thought this was the She Podcast, meaning the the Facebook group. I thought what this was it the is. She Podcast community. Yeah, I don't want to do another one, a well, She no, Podcast. What I'm saying is or that... like a She Podcast with him, like that's not necessary. And yeah. I don't want to admin another one. This one is enough to admin because I add like 20 people a day to it. I'm yeah. done with that. But what I'm saying is that I didn't know that, like, at first I thought it was just the podcast community, but it really is not. There's a lot of people there who are joining because they want a a community for women podcasters. And a lot of them don't even know that there's a She Podcast. They don't even know who we are as admins because they're coming in because Facebook suggested this community because so-and-so is part of it or because they were looking for podcasting communities. So what I'm saying is I thought myself that that was just the She Podcast's podcast community, but it's not. It's the it's women's. It's a women's podcasting community, which is bigger than she podcasts. Yes, so, um, so, so you know, there's a part of me that kind of is like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm want. I would like to have something that's just ours that people know who we are. But then that's not really necessary because our reach is bigger. So, I don't know. That was, but that was like a big eye opener for me too. <laughs> yeah. Knew? Yeah. Who knew? Right. So crazy so yeah uh, so we're gonna keep it we'll give you we'll keep you updated everybody and and as of now we have not gotten feedback from any dudes but i yep. know that there so, is some in the process it's just that we're also recording a couple of weeks in advance yeah so. no need to quit the group no, no. dudes allowed <laughs> but now you you sent me this lovely article here miss jess can you sum it up for us because i have questions yes so it is on, it's from the Wall Street Journal and it says, even podcasts have an upfront this year. Marketers with upfront and new front fatigue will have one more stop. NPR, WBEZ, and WNYC on Wednesday host a podcast upfront, which is a presentation where hosts and executives will talk about the merits of podcasting as an advertising medium. So it's a really big deal because apparently, like I don't like I, I'm not clear on whether or not um, new fronts. I mean, apparently a new front, and I'm just clicking to the thing that they tell you. Like uh, a new front is like a um, all different companies host elaborate ad sales presentations. And so basically what they're saying is, hey, we're a new place to advertise and your money will go over really well here at Google, here at Yahoo, here at AOL. Well, apparently, um, like like I said, NPR, BEZ, and WMYC are going to host one that says, hey, your money is going to go really well if you invest in podcasting. And they may not be talking about advertise on a podcast. They could be talking about create. 
a podcast as well. So it's really, it's, I mean, to me, it's exciting. Um, I'm sure there are podcasters who are just like, keep them out. But I think it's cool. I mean, I don't know. We could talk about that as an issue separately, but like, um, Anyway, the article says, you know, there's no better time to make the podcast pitch. Serial and the spinoff of This American Life has piqued a lot of marketer interest in the format. So it means it's really good news for those of us who already have shows that want bigger, better sponsors because after this presentation, we will then be able to better justify like, hey, you don't need to have TV audience to get amazing results. Like, I don't know what Serial's audience is, but people are going to be like, oh yeah, podcasting. Oh, you have this many downloads. Oh yeah, your audience is this specific. Oh my God, sign me up. I have to do it right now. So that's really, really, really good news. If you are a pure, well, I mean, I don't want to editorialize for you, Elsie, because I know you're a purist from the olden days of podcasting, which is what, like nine years ago. But like, um, A lot of people are going to be like saying like, oh, no, corporate shows. That's terrible. And I want to liken it to something I saw um, John Oliver talk about on his little show. Um, I forget what it's called. Something like next Sunday night or this Sunday night. He was talking about um, sponsored editorialized content. And a really good example of this is on BuzzFeed. Uh, let me pull up an example. So on BuzzFeed, we I think most of you have either heard me talk about BuzzFeed. If you don't know what it is, BuzzFeed.com. Um, they have these little lists like, you know, 14 times someone took it to the next level, right? So that particular article, or they have like, can you spot what's weird about Taylor Swift or 27 things that only happen when you're in London. So it's like pop culture-y, kind of like fun articles. But the way that they do advertising is with, is with content. So, for example, there's a, that article I just said, 14 times stuck, someone took it to the next level. They have pictures about um, uh, people doing backflips, gifts of babies, like, doing, like, twerking, um, next level trust exercise where someone's, like, hanging off of, like, the side of a bridge. Uh, anyway, it's, like, next levels. But it's sponsored by Sour Punch Candy, which is, a, which is you know, a next level candy. So basically what it is is we're reading content and we're not always aware that it's sponsored content. There's another one, 12 toddler moments that are unforgettable, sponsored by Pampers, promoted by Pampers. So really it's a commercial, but it's entertainment. And so similarly, if Google or Yahoo, you know, if they start doing their own podcast and it's news, it's also bought news, if you think about it, or bought, it's bought content or content that's trying to sell you something. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, isn't all content trying to sell you something like, so what if Google is putting out a show? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, like there's a lot of ways to think about it, but, but I think it's exciting that there's going to be an upfront about it, that, that advertisers really looking into it. And I think that's great for everybody. My question is what exactly is an upfront Okay. Because I'm totally confused about that, dude. All right. Let me, I'm going to Google the word up front. I mean. Up front. Let me just Google up front and then advertising. I just took it to mean um, kind of like a, okay, here it is. Advertising age. Okay. 
there's an up, it's an up, an upfront is sort of like a pitch and party. Okay. Like TV networks are gearing up their flashy upfront presentations, which represent the kickoff to negotiate with advertisers over fall primetime programming. So, okay. So here's a perfect example. Nickelodeon has an upfront. It's like they host a presentation where they say, here's our stats. Here's many people are watching. Here's the new shows. And then like, if you, for example, are a Pampers, advertiser you'll want to go to the nickelodeon one and the abc family one and the maybe the buzzfeed one right you'll want to go to their upfront presentation to see like is this a good place for me to spend advertising money what ah, are their shows ah got so it now, got so, it so it's kind of, so basically it's a, it's their pitches but their their pitches all and like i guess they all get together for like one long week and do this all at one time Okay. Like a couple weeks actually. Or maybe they're even, I mean, like this says, like I'm on ad age now. Uh There's an article that says, okay, Nickelodeon was February 25th, Skylight at Moynihan Station, and then Spikes was Cipriani at 42nd Street. And then the next one was the Sony Lounge, Lamb's Club. So apparently New York had like a series, but it went all the way from February 25th and they're still going to go on until May 14th. Holy cow. Okay. Got it. This is the last one, Javits Center. At National Cinemedia is May 13th. Turner Broadcasting is May 13th. ESPN, May 13th. ESPN also has one on the 12th. NBC has one on the 11th. So, like, mm-hmm. it goes on for a couple weeks where, you know, you have to go to each party and see, like, what's BuzzFeed have going on? What does Yahoo have going on? What does Hulu have going on? Do I want to advertise there? What shows are coming? What are they developing? Right. Is it going to be good for me? Right? Okay. So they host these huge parties. So, anyway, now, so I guess what the article is saying is, hey, NPR – and WNYC, which is probably their biggest New York radio station, is now going to host one about podcasting. Mm. So all the marketers can go, even if they don't decide to, you know, to advertise on NPR's podcasts, they'll have a bug in their ear about whether or not they want to advertise on other shows. What other shows do they want to develop a show themselves? That kind of thing. Oh wow, that's well. Okay, that totally, totally clarifies it because I was confused. Sorry, I'm like, yeah, I, I know there's sorry. a term there that I'm missing, and you know, I think for a lot of us, this is really great information so that we know that this is what's happening out there. And my only concern, though, is that the conversation being had is still based on old media, meaning radio conversation. It's not a conversation about podcasting itself. Like, you know, how we like to empower uh, the women who ask us questions about podcasting and how to get sponsorship and blah, 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 blah. I'm wondering if that conversation still is all about volume, all about numbers, all about, you know, CPMs, all about that kind of stuff. Well, yes and no. So like, um, just doing the underwriting at WNYC says, we're having a really big moment with podcasting. This event is just a reaction to that. As mobile usage rises, so is podcast listening. It's really a convergence of available Wi-Fi everywhere and more sophisticated phones. And then they quote a report from Edison Research that says 17% of Americans above the age of 12 have listened to a podcast in the past month. 46 million people, up 15, up from 15% last year. The podcast upfront host planned to release more research findings at the event in an attempt to convince marketers of the medium's growth potential. So really they're just saying, okay, 
um, this is how much it's grown in the last year, people listening to shows. And then, but then it says still the ad world tends to think of podcasts as a niche product, typical spots consisting of direct response advertisers looking to send listeners to their website for promotion. So yeah, you're right. I mean, advertisers see it that way, but it's not going to be presented that way, which I think is good. I I don't know. I mean, because you're right. Like NPR is a traditional advertising medium, but they're not talking about radio or web. They're talking about just podcasts now. Yeah, yeah, which which is really good that they're able to, and at least now there's going to be other examples, uh, things that perhaps have worked, uh, spots that are have worked, uh, and, and stuff like that. At least the conversation started. So I'm, I am kind of excited about this. I think this is, is fun. Uh, I, 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 what I really wish and like in my dream of dreams is that maybe somebody who is not particularly part of the radio conversation, perhaps somebody who isn't part of the NPR or the procasters as Ms. Heather Orderer from Craftlet refers to them could, could really start to build more numbers that are not based and be making money advertising without the CPM model. That's what I wish. I wish that conversation would happen. Yes and no. I mean, yes, you can. You just have to get the right national advertiser. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wish that there was like, I, I, I want to see that example, that example of a person who has perhaps not the numbers that the NPR folks have. I don't have those numbers. Well, no, but what I'm saying, but to make money, to, to make it viable for them, to be able to return, have an ROI that is worth the money from larger corporations. So... You know, it's because I think that's the hardest conversation. They feel like, well, I can just spend this money on TV and it's been working this whole time. Why would I want to spend like peanuts? Because they're going to have to cut the budget down anyway, which is fine. They'll spend less money, but they'll reach less people. Uh, The way to know whether or not your advertisers are getting ROI is by giving the podcaster a promo code. Yeah. That's really the only way, or a special link. Like Howard Stern, when he has, I mean, but this is radio as well. Like you, you can't know unless there's a special way to track it. It's the same with TV. You don't know that those things are working. Coca-Cola and Pepsi each spend over $2 million a year in advertising. If they both stopped, um, it's not like one, if Coca-Cola stopped, it's not like people would drink only Pepsi. There's no reason they need to spend that much on advertising ever. Right. They just do it because the other guy's doing it. But I mean, it's not going to change their sales ever. The only thing that would change sales of Coca Cola and Pepsi would be if somebody poisoned one yeah, of them. Yeah, if one of them was yeah, if there if there was a big huge scandal or something, somebody would have yeah, to really yeah. work for yeah, That's absolutely it. yeah. So it's like so I mean so similarly you know podcasting is is the way to to measure it is by saying. Hey, I had the special promo just for listeners of this show, and then you see how many people use the promo. That's the only way to measure it, right? But nobody else has ever provided that, though. You know, I, I, all I'm saying is that then you can make that. You don't know. You can't have like TV versus podcasting because the way they no. measure P- TV ROI is not the way that you would ma- measure the you know the podcasting ROI, and and I think that's that's a challenge at this moment to be able to to show that. Although yeah. there's so much more engagement, I mean, there's just such a huge amount of engagement with especially with uh, brands and and whatnot uh, supporting uh, podcasts and the products that they 
they talk about. So, you know what? Know. The thing with TV is going to be the same with podcasting. You know, people don't expect, and I only know this from working at Subaru in their marketing department. And I think I, we, I don't know if I talked about it on this show before or not, but I worked there right at the time they were starting this Subaru Share the Love campaign. I think I did because we were talking about charity. Um, and choosing a charity. Was that down here or was it somewhere else? It doesn't matter. Okay. The point is, um, I worked there right when they launched the share the love campaign for Subaru. And that was in 2008. Okay. And, and the way they measured whether or not those commercials and that ad campaign worked was not the week that the commercials went live. It was at the end of the quarter and then at the end of the next quarter, and then at the end of the next quarter, like, did the sales go up? Did we beat Honda? Right. Beat Volkswagen? That's right. how you know if TV is working because there's no special, you know, did you see this commercial? Enter Subaru, you know, Goldbergs. Right, so right. You know how you saw this commercial. Like, there's none of that. You have to see over a long period of time, was that ad campaign, and you have to really commit to it. They still do share the love. It's, it's, uh what is it, seven years later? And they're still doing it because it has made them number one. It has beat Honda. They have risen in sales tremendously having doing, like having, having been doing, having done, having been doing, (laughs) having done the share the love campaign for so long. So, um, but at first we didn't know it was going to work. It was, it wasn't until probably 2010 when I left there that they were like, we're number one. When I first got there, they had no idea if that was going to work or not. And they changed agencies twice. Wow. To, you know what I mean? Trying yeah, to figure yeah. out like, you know, how to get the right commercial, how to get the right feel, who's going to direct it, who's going to be the actors. Like there's a lot that goes into that stuff. You don't have to invest that much time into it, but hopefully whoever is selling it to them and that onus falls on us as the hosts when we're the little guy, you, they, you need to be able to be an expert long enough to say, Hey, you're not going to see return on investment after four episodes. You've got to wait and see, like, is this going to make a difference in your sales over time? What's the, you know, you need a variable change. Like if you're doing everything else the same and you added podcast advertising and your sales went down, well, that's terrible, right? Yeah. If it went up a significant amount, you can probably attribute it to the things that you've changed. But, you know, because we're little guys and not big agencies and we don't work through agencies and we don't, we're not part of media buying campaigns. Um, we have to be able to say to our potential sponsors, this is how this kind of advertising works. It's not like web advertising where clicks equal sales. Yep. You have to, it's brand recognition and it goes over a long period of time, yes. just like TV, just like radio. And it, and it, and it's compounded, you know, it's compounded in terms of, of, of the reach, uh, the holistic reach of the podcaster as a whole, you know, uh, for some, uh, the majority of our engagement comes from our voices Mm-hmm. And, and it, and then that's the only, and basically the only touch point, but there are other podcasters that do have the touch points of perhaps an email newsletter, or possibly they have blog posts that go along with it, or they have corresponding videos that go along, you know, all of these different things. So it depends on the multi-layered approach and how and where your audience is. So, uh, it's, it's about that's part of it. Part of it is reach. Yeah. Part of it is reach. Yeah. So well, the, that's the re- other part that you sell is target. 
because one thing podcasts have that television doesn't is a ridiculously targeted audience. And, and Kathy Kelly That's is true. a perfect example. That's true. She's talking to families just with autism. So, so a good from I mean, a special so right mouse now she podcast. Has a, yeah, right from special mouse. So, so one advertiser that she has right now is a travel agent which is brilliant because people who listen are probably going to go and maybe that travel agent specializes in special needs families. Oh. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, and it's not just for kids with autism. ADHD coaches would do really well on her show um, or, you know, nonprofit organizations that support ADHD or I don't know. I mean, I don't know, you know, just I'm not a special needs expert, so I can't do it off the top of my head as well as I could um, with something else like sports. For, like Okay, like Carrie... Uh, Gormley, who does um, running lifestyle, like she could make a, you know, if she knew her audience, they're all into running. She could pitch Nike and say, you guys have new, you know, I just want you to advertise your running gear. These are all people who run. Yes, it's only 3000 people a month, but they're all 3000 runners. I'm not talking about Michael Jordan and his basketball shoes. Pitch your running stuff on here. I guarantee that area's sales will go up and it probably would. Because they're, I mean, no other medium can you target just runners. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. And you can even target just runners slash moms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could really get that deep and, yeah. and to be able to touch base. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the possibilities are endless. I think that what's happening too from the, from the bigger end perspective is why should we bother? Because dealing with, let's say one advertiser or one podcaster is what I meant to say mm-hmm. would require a lot of time and investment from their team of effort. Oh. You know what I mean? That might. Instead of doing, going through media ad buying. Yeah. So that it would be like, well, it there's, it's going to be a lot more time and the money involved is not going to be that big. So in terms of even just using uh, staff and time and proposals and back and forth, is it worth them investing that for a small, even if it's like, let's say there's a podcast that has a small reach and they reach everyone and everyone wants to buy the product. I mean, a hundred percent return on their investment, but the investment <laughs> is much smaller. You know, it's like, let's say they, they'll let's pretend it's like they're doing $10,000 or something like that. When you Usually they invest a lot more than that. They're Millions. using like millions. Yeah. So then even though they will get their $10,000 back, it's not the amount of money that they're used to getting in return. And maybe the admin and work for the entire organization might not be worth it. I don't, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, possibly. That depends that could be on it. the current corporate goals. Right. They can, they can use the podcast to test products. They can use a podcast for goodwill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, then, like if they want to look like they're helping a charitable organization, like L'Oreal can advertise on a podcast of all about women and body image, right? Yeah. Because it could, because it could start to help either repair a damaged reputation or to boost a good reputation. I mean, it depends on what their corporate goals are. Again, I have to say, because unfortunately we're not part of media buying like lists of places to advertise. It's the onus is on us. Absolutely. To target the companies that have a goal 
or to project what we think their goal might be or convince them what a goal should be. Absolutely. And that that's the key, Jess. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It's our job. It is our job. It's not up to us to just be like, how come they don't want to advertise with us? It's And then who should I approach? And part of it is like, here are all these ideas, right? So you guys are all getting excited with this conversation because that tends to happen. And that's what we hear. We mm-hmm. get, You guys get excited. You might have somebody that comes up and then... And then it becomes real. Then it becomes like, okay, well, then uh, let's go ahead and reach out to L'Oreal. But mm-hmm. you have to be super clear about what we were just talking about. Like, what are all, all these little steps? How are you going to sell this? That becomes a whole other conversation. And you also have to be super confident about, well, of course, let's, let's already remove the fact that you might be a little not so happy with your content. Let's say you love what you're doing and you are doing a a bang up job of it. Your audio quality is fantastic. Your branding is great. It sounds awesome. Your audience is already engaged. Like you already have that. No problem. Now you have to be super confident walking in that room and having these conversations and having these conversations is going to take time. It's going to be back and forth. It's going to be a lot of research. It's going to be lots of work. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, so it's not going to be that easy, but I feel it, it is going to pay off. And for podcasters who are willing to put in the time, who are willing to educate themselves uh, like this, like the com- even just asking Jess about what the heck does that mean? What is an upfront, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We need to know these things if we're going to walk into that world. That's part of it. So, yay. yeah. Yeah. Who's going to do up it? fronts and then there's new fronts. And then I think a new front is like, hey, you've never thought of this before. Oh. I think. I think. Because I'm, I'm still learning about it too. I haven't, you know, I'm in advertising, but not on this. I've only been in this big level very briefly. So it's like enough for me to be dangerous kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, lady with new found vocabulary. <laughs> Our new fronts, big business. Yeah. Media buyers sound off. And then it says... um, uh, yeah. New fronts is like digital video publishers, hmm. digital content. It's, that's what new fronts are. Oh, we'll see. That's pretty, uh, that's exciting. And, uh, that's, that's the kind of conversation that you need to be having. At least you know that, but do read this article guys. Uh, you'll, the links will be absolutely in the show notes and you can check those show notes guys. If you're listening in any podcast app of choice, just tap whatever it is. Usually if you tap the artwork that you're seeing, the artwork um, will go away and you will see these nicely formatted show notes that I work really hard on so that you can very easily just click through. Um, and Yeah, man. Yeah. So you check those out. Think it was her while. <laughs> I know. So uh, yeah, we have those. And then I, I kind of wanted to chat about a little something here, Miss Jess, that kind of goes along with this a little bit. And even when the stuff that we started talking about before. So one of the biggest news in the podcasting space has been that SoundCloud podcasting has come out of beta, which means that now um, SoundCloud is sort of like Lipson and Blueberry and Buzz Buzz Sprout, I think. Yeah. And there's and Spreaker, like these are all... Uh, podcast hosting uh, spaces or companies. And mm-hmm. SoundCloud in the past was only hosting just audio, but they didn't really provide a, an RSS feed, which you could submit to iTunes so that you can have your podcast there and all that fun stuff that Lipson absolutely does. And uh, But you could if you emailed SoundCloud to be part of the beta, and they've been in beta for four years. So they have now recently removed the beta, 
And now you can have plans in SoundCloud where you can host your media. So a lot of people are jumping in going, oh my God, how exciting, you know, the podcast, like SoundCloud has this, all this shareability and it's such a pretty player and all kinds of stuff like that because it's new and shiny and, and whatever and, and cheap actually, because it's like, Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit less expensive than, than what's currently out in the market. But I think the question that you really need to ask, and it's something that I've been looking at a lot is how much does that prettiness really translate to new audience and to actual consumption of your work? Because having a SoundCloud SoundCloud pretty player and, and being able to share it, does that really have get people to listen to your podcast? And how do you know? And how do you know? Exactly. How do you measure it? How do you measure it? I mean, SoundCloud has stats. They do have stats. But how do you compare? Exactly. So how do you know... How do you know if, well, that's what I'm saying. How do you know if having a player that is a SoundCloud player or having a player that is a Stitcher player or a Libsyn player on Twitter, how does that, which one gets the most clicks and even beyond the clicks, which one gets the most people who, who come back and subscribe? Hmm. Right? Does a pretty player really make it or break it for your audience? Or is the or is this like again a compounded marketing solution, which is what we've been kind of talking about? That you know you do have to find where your audience is and provide the easiest way for people to consume your content. And usually, it doesn't have to be again with one touch point from your audience. So I'm just intrigued because people are going like, "Oh my God, the shareability of SoundCloud!" But really, is that going to get you more audience? And how do you know? Yeah. So that's just a, co- a conversation that I've been having with myself as well, because I'm seeing that people are, go- well, obviously it's shiny and pretty and that's always good. But in reality, is that going to do it for you? Does it really matter what the dress is if your content sucks, right? Or does it matter if you have the player on Twitter, but nobody is following you on Twitter? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you still have to work on a Twitter strategy of some kind. You still have to have another place for you to play your stuff. You still have to have a, you know, a strategy behind how you produce your content, where it goes, and how to touch audiences. And even if you just say SoundCloud, it's still not going to make sense to a lot of people. So the work is still there. What do you think about that, Jess? Tools versus actual audience participation or listeners, actual audience growth. I don't know because I I don't know why it has to be so complicated. I wish that they would just talk to one another and play nice. Right? Why can't we have everything in one spot? Why can't Libsyn make a player that looks super cool like SoundCloud? Why can't SoundCloud (laughs) use a Libsyn feed? Why can't I put my Libsyn feed in sound? I don't know. I just don't know. I know that Libsyn's going to make the ability to publish to SoundCloud, but I still don't know why that's beneficial because... Well, it's still there. I mean, it is there. It is there already. Does that... Well, so does that... It doesn't negate... You can't schedule it. Yes, you can. Yes, you you can. can schedule it. You can schedule it. So you cannot schedule it in SoundCloud. So if you go and you publish uh, an episode as of now... Uh, SoundCloud does not have the possibility or capability to schedule a post 
at this moment. I'm sure that that's going to be coming up because people will ask. The workflow is schedule the post to go on SoundCloud and then you create your SoundCloud feed so that it will automatically post to Facebook and Twitter. But you can only do it one time. It's not like you can do several at once. And you've got one shot to make that player go live. I don't know. It just feels like a giant pain in the Yeah, but what what I'm saying is, okay, so you have a SoundCloud player on your page Mm -hmm. versus a Stitcher player versus Mm -hmm. an Audio Boom player Mm -hmm. versus, you know, a a Libsyn player. So what's what's the difference? Like the people who are going to see it are only going to see it if they can engage with it, right? Uh, And not everybody's going to see it on your feed anyway. And how many people are actually listening directly from Facebook to an entire podcast? I'm just asking because I want to know how that's translating. So does it matter or is it more about like, do you have to then, if you're going to, if it's all about the SoundCloud player, is it about posting and posting and posting and posting and posting the player onto your site? Because isn't that the way that you get people to click? But then that just makes your profile look like a mess. Right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so what's the, so what, what's the, what's the good? Like, I just want to know. And here's the thing. Do you get stats between a Facebook player being played on Facebook? Do you get stats for people who are uh, listening on Twitter? Do you get stats for people who are listening on Pinterest? Uh, is that broken down? I don't know. I'm asking, especially for those of you who are on SoundCloud or is your player just giving you information about the player and it's like it's gotten you know i don't know a hundred plays but you don't know where these plays are coming from so you don't know if it's working is my is is my only you know question yeah you'll never know because you have to compare right so weird it's just yeah i I think that i I think I'm just a, my only, so my conversation and obviously I'm slightly (laughs) like biased because I do work for Libsyn. Mind you, I really love SoundCloud. I think SoundCloud is great as as a platform. I, I guess the bottom line is that the platform isn't going to have people listen to your podcast. The player isn't going to for some reason, send you over the edge. And that's what's going to make people listen to your podcast. It's you. You are the one that are going to get people to listen to your podcast. True. And so if you have a... So holistic, Elsa. No, I know. (laughs) That's what I'm just saying. It's like people right now are going like, oh my God, that's so great. And it's cheap and it's It's here. And it's amazing. And like, look, you can share it. You can share all of the other things too. And so that's why like I, we sit back at Lips and we've been sitting back and also I've been observing what's going on with Stitcher and Audio Boom and all these other players in, in the space and they all have players that you can share in different places. Like they all can do that. It's just yeah. that SoundCloud, for some reason, whenever you hear, oh, the SoundCloud player, oh, it's so pretty and it's totally shareable. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's a little confusing. I do. So, uh, anyway, so if it, you guys if you guys have any thoughts or comments about uh, SoundCloud or you do host on SoundCloud and if you can share some 
stats, and I'm not talking for you to share your numbers, but to share if you do know where your players are coming from, is a player a, a big game changer for you? Do you feel that like if you didn't have a player, you wouldn't uh, have listeners? <laughs> got to have a player, on, at least on well, your website, Well, right? yeah, it absolutely. Help. Yeah, it does help, but I don't know. When was the last time you pressed um, a SoundCloud? Um, never the tenth of never the tenth of never. Well, I'm just I'm I don't just, do that right. I I can't remember either. Yeah, but I don't um, know. Yeah, I just I just I don't know. I mean, I, I can't remember <laughs> either. <laughs> but I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just saying, like, I just can't remember the last time that I used that I that I played a SoundCloud uh, player anywhere to to find new content. But I can tell you the last time that I heard somebody talking about a podcast and I subscribed. Or I can tell you the last time that I saw somebody recommend a podcast that I should listen to and I subscribed. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just feel that there are other things that matter more than, than a platform, really. So yeah, I agree. Saying. I just wish we could have everything in one spot. It's like, it's like scheduling your social media. It'll do everything but Google Plus or everything but Instagram. Like you, you can never have everything in one place. It's no, so you can't. And I just thought, wait, what is it? That Buffer is now posting to Pinterest. Wonderful. Isn't that interesting? So I, I just saw that. So I was like, oh, Enid, awesome. interesting, interesting. So anyway, that was like my commentary. I just was interested to have that conversation. But other than that, um, it's cool. That is it. That is it. Uh, and Well, I'd like to hear what other people think because um, – you know, are you going to use SoundCloud? Do you feel like it's just one more thing to do? Is it one more thing that we have to do? And, uh, yeah, I'd like to know what people think. Absolutely. And plus, I'm obsessed with Clamor, as you heard in the last episode. And so I've been talking a lot about Clamor <laughs> and getting everybody excited about Clamor. And, I, I, you know, there are other mediums that you can absolutely go find audience in. And it just you just have to figure out what works for you. Would I like to have a separate She Podcast SoundCloud page? Um, I don't know. Mm. It would it would take uh, like you know something that would complement, let's say, our stuff. Right. Uh, I would think that maybe having snippets of of other She Podcasters would be a cool idea. Uh, having uh, snippets of. Uh, very focused, uh, she, you know, female podcasting voices in the space, maybe like really mini questions that we send out to our audience and then hosting it over there. That would be a really interesting, wonderful, complimentary thing. So yeah. that would be really great. It would just take a lot. It would be extra, you know, as Clamor. For me right now, Clamor is extra. Uh, seven, I can deal with 17 seconds. Yeah, right. Of content, you know, it's that's extra, but it's cool. It's extra, but it's cool. And as of now, I'm okay playing with it. Um, but how much is it going to pay off? And I'm using it as its own thing. So I'm not using it to promote mm-hmm. or to compliment. I'm using it because I wanted to start to play with my other idea for a podcast, which I've been wanting to produce for a long time. And I think like, you know what? I'll do it like this. It's super easy. I don't have to worry about hosting. I don't have to worry about branding or anything like that. Wait, so so. you don't have your, wait a minute. I don't, I don't recall. I was listening to your clamors, but I don't recall. I don't remember knowing whether or not, or noticing whether or not, um, they went anywhere. So you're saying they don't go anywhere? They do. They lead to um, other articles. So I'm talking about... A specific, oh, other people's shit. Yeah, other people's stuff. Yeah. 
Totally. Mm-hmm. So then, okay. like, what I'm saying is, like, oh, this is You're a just really reporting. great. reporting. I'm reporting. Absolutely. It's much like that. Uh, totally. And I that's, like that. And I kind of like that. So yes, my clamor is all my clamor is all about reporting and a- aggregating information, uh, curating information about tech media and consciousness. That's mm-hmm. it. That's my like it. that's my thing. Tech media and consciousness. So it's its own thing. I'm not pulling anything anywhere. And I am going to be doing a little bit of marketing, a little bit of promotion for she podcasts, of course, in the feed and things like that. But it's not specific to that. It's it's really, it's a standalone, mini, tiny, 17-second podcast. Cool. So so follow me over there on Clamor. Do it. <laughs> Do it, yo. <laughs> so is there anything else that you would like to touch base on today, miss? Let me think. No? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. But we do have Podcasting School for Women coming up, y'all. June 1st, we launch in a couple of weeks. So if you really want to not pull your hair out, if you really want to just have everything you possibly could want about podcasting in one place, this Showing is the place you how to, do to do it. Do all of it what, and what order to do it in. Absolutely. And especially we go deep into a lot of the uh, monetization marketing aspects of it, workflow, which a lot of people don't really talk about. They talk a lot about um, technology and initial setup and things like that, which we absolutely go into as well. But we also give you the scoop after. Yeah, uh, so get on the list, podcastingschoolforwomen.com. Yep, and we're starting soon. So please, please get on the list. Don't delay. And if you're not going to do it, you need to either have your team do it. That would be really great to just pass it mm-hmm. off to your team if you don't want to deal with it. Totally. They'll have everything that they need right there, which would be awesome. Send us some Yay. feedback. Yes, feedback at shepodcast.com or speakpipe.com slash shepodcast. And we would love to hear from you. Yes, and if you're not part of the group, go to shepodcast.com forward slash group. Do it. Do it. Thank Thanks you all. so much for listening. Thank you, Elsie. You're welcome, love. Yay. Bye. Bye. Remember, if you want to do podcasting your way, do it upright and head on over to podcastingschoolforwomen.com. Changing the world, one episode at a time.